The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is The Future of Business with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to shake up the status quo in your company's future and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you are in the right place. What a topic we have for you today, the buzz IT scarcity. Let's get started. We already know there's a limit to the world's food, the world's water, and the world's energy supplies. We hear about it all the time. It is scary. We talk about sustainability. We're trying to fix the problem before it becomes a problem. But here's a new twist on the idea of scarcity. As humanity, that's us, grows increasingly dependent on technology, guess what? Our IT resources may be next on the scarcity list. Hmm, I have a few questions for you. Can you even fathom running out of computing capacity, raw materials, and perhaps yet as unknown elements involved with technology? Do we have to start optimizing our IT resources now? Or is the cloud the silver bullet that could come to the rescue? There are lots of questions. We need answers. And guess what? I've got a great panel of experts on this exact topic and other great topics who are going to help us figure this out. So don't even think of going anywhere for the next 58 minutes. Let me bring on my first panelist. His name is Alan Kranz, K-R-A-N-S, in case you're wondering. He's a principal analyst and practice manager for TBR's Cloud Practice, and he sent me the following very interesting quote from Will Oldham. I had to look this one up. Will Oldham is a singer, and his other name is AKA is Bonnie Prince Billy. And only the word Prince is in quote. That intrigued me. So here's the quote It is more rewarding to be complicit with scarcity than excess. Wow, is that a loaded statement. Alan Kranz, welcome back. How are you? Thanks, Bonnie. Doing great. Thank you for the interesting quote. Now, you found this somewhere. Where? In a quote book somewhere? A quote page? Yeah, it was in a, you know, so, of course, I go and look up quotes around scarcity and, and look through. This was towards the bottom. Um, but I think it sums up pretty well, you know, how, how I'm thinking about this is that, you know, when we look at what's actually going to be scarce, is it something that we should fear or, um, you know, is it something new? It, 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 not really. Um, I think there's going to be a lot more, you know, rewards business around the true value of IT going forward, um, regardless of what happens with the underlying uh, materials. So I don't think that it's something to be scared of. I think it's something to embrace and know that uh, anything worth doing is going to be difficult. And so addressing scarcity head on is the best solution. Very interesting. So you're saying no fear that we're, in other words, we've caught it in time. Would you say that, Alan? We've caught it in time. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, um, you know, I think this is, first of all, it's nothing new, but also something to, to go and, and tackle head on. 
Okay, thank you very much. And let's move to our next panelist. Joining Alan on the panel today is Phil Hassey. He's the founder of CAP EOIT, and he said he's very proud that one, two, three, four, five, seven letters can have five syllables. CAP EOIT. And he's quoting none other than Bruce Springsteen. So we've got two quotes from the music world. And this quote, a lot of fun. Mama always told me not to look into the sights of the sun. Oh, but Mama, that's where the fun is. Phil Hassey, welcome. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm fine. Where are you calling from? Uh, from Sydney, Australia. So uh, there's not much sun here. It's midnight here. There's not much sun at the moment, but uh, it will it will be back in the morning. And you know, in terms of the topic, in terms of scarcity, I guess what this implies is uh, yeah, got to take a few risks. There's going to be, you know, you, you're going to have to look your fear in the face and, uh, you know, have some fun and have some risk as you, uh, you try to shift through an ever-changing world. Um, and, you know, you're going to have to maybe not always listen to your mother. That's not for the children out there, or the kids have to listen to their mother. <laughs> but uh, when it comes to taking a risk, it, uh, it's going to require a new way of thinking, a new way of looking at the world. So do you think Mama gets it? Do you hear the quote is, oh, but Mama, that's where the fun is. Do you think, do you think that uh, Mama is catching on, especially in this age where we are aware of the big S word, sustainability, where it's part of the mantra in all aspects of our lives? Do you think Mama gets it too now and she's looking into the sun, Phil? What do you think? Uh, I, I think Mama gets it and then it changes so quickly that Mama is not sure what Mama's got. Yeah, we're in a, a world that's changing so rapidly uh, from a technological and societal point of view that it's very hard to keep up with yesterday, yet to understand how, you know, what I need to be looking at in the sun tomorrow. So I think that's a, that's a massive challenge is that uh, the speed of change in which uh, happens at a consumer level, an enterprise level and a societal level uh, really makes uh, it very difficult for anyone to be on top of things, let alone mama and son. Great points. And mama and son, no pun intended. Thanks for bringing up the idea of it's the consumer level, the enterprise level, the society level. That's really what we're talking about, a pervasive look at scarcity. But today our focus, of course, is on IT. Let's have our third panelist join the fun. It's Jay Ford, F-O-A-R-D. You even have an extra letter in there. He's a VP of Solution Management at SAP, and he is bringing to us today a quote from Albert Einstein. So we've got Will Oldham, a.k.a. Bonnie Prince Billy. We've got Bruce Springsteen, the E Street neighborhood, and we've got Albert Einstein, good, good group. And here's the quote from Jay Ford. We cannot solve our problems with the same level of thinking that created them from none other than Einstein. Welcome, Jay Ford. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thanks for joining. You're calling from Germany today, yes? Where in Germany are you, Jay? Yeah, so I am, I'm here in, in Waldorf um, at, the, uh, at, the, at the SAP headquarters, so. Okay, well, talk to me about your quote you picked out. And by the way, in case you're wondering, Jay, you're in very good company because Einstein happens to be the most quoted famous person, living or dead, on all of our SAP Game Changers radio shows. So I'm glad you brought this one up. This is a new Einstein quote for us. So why did you pick this one on our topic today, Jay Ford? Well, you know, and I think that um, and one of the things that, that Phil said I think is exactly right. I mean, things are changing so fast, but not only are they changing fast, they're also changing in scale. I mean, we're seeing with the advent of, of, big, of the big data topic um, and, the, and, and different types of technology that are really enabling um, uh, technologies to do things that couldn't do previously that now 
you know, the the amount of data that needs to be managed and the and the, and the amount of, and, and the way that we that we handle that from an IT perspective is changing so dramatically that we really have to rethink our strategy and, and rethink how we're going to approach what the future is going to look like when it comes to managing managing this change and in, in the, in the data and the impact of that to the business. Okay. Thank you very much, Jay. We have great start to our conversation, but I have a very tough panel for my, tough question for my panel today. You all know about it because I prepped you. The question is, what's in your cup today? We're going to start with Alan Kranz. If it's nothing interesting, I don't want to hear it. I want to hear a story about the best something, coffee, tea, water, juice, milk, soda you ever had. What are you thinking about if it's not in your cup right now? Alan Kranz, start us off, please. Well, Bonnie, it's been a long winter here in, in New England, so I, mm. I've stuck with with uh, hot coffee for quite some time. But uh, the sun is out today. It's going to hit maybe 60 degrees, uh, oh. so it's time to transition over to an iced coffee for the next couple months, which is a, a great feeling after the long winter. I agree. Where are you based? Uh, we're in New Hampshire. Okay, I'm on Long Island. We've shared the same long, cold winter. By the way, the daffodils are up. The crocuses, I don't know the plural of that, are up. And I say to the flowers, you were very brave coming up in that very cold ground. So we should get a nice coffee for the flowers soon. Thank you, Alan. Phil Hassey, what are you drinking today, my friend? Well, it's it's midnight here in Sydney, so uh, not much in front of me in the drink department. But I'm, I'm one of the unusual people who... Who isn't a coffee drinker? I don't drink coffee and never have, but uh, my wonderful three children do, do their best effort to put coffee in any drink I might have just to uh, to try to trick me into drinking coffee because they think somehow I'm missing out by not drinking it. So if I'm having a, a hot chocolate made by my darling daughter, she will manage to get coffee in it just to make sure I get the taste of the coffee in my mouth. Um, so usually my drink is quite a creative one if it's been made by uh, my, my children, in particular my daughter. Very. How old is your daughter, by the way? Uh, Ten years old. So she oh. thinks it's quite fun to uh, put coffee in Dad's <laughs> hot chocolate. I think that's great. Thank you, Phil. And Jay Ford at SAP in Waldorf today. Jay, what are you drinking today? You know, right now I'm just having a glass of water. It's kind of late in the afternoon for us, but certainly I, I, I enjoy my coffee in the morning and, and also tend to drink quite a bit of tea. In fact, I, I, we, we, we drink a lot of green tea at home, and my wife said, you know, you, we, we should plant a plant, a, a green tree plant or a, in the backyard, and so we ended up doing that. So now we actually, we actually harvest our own, so I don't want, if I run out, I can just go pick it off the tree in the backyard. Seriously. So what do the leaves look like? What do you do with them? You put them in the bottom of a cup and pour boiling water over them, or what do you do? Yeah, that's one way you can you can send it, you can take them through a fermentation process, depending on how you know the flavor and what you're what you're trying to accomplish. But certainly, I, I like the, the leaves raw; it has a nice flavor, and they're and they're really quite healthy for you. Very interesting. And by the way, the sponsor of our show, David Fowler, says today he is drinking fresh ground, fresh brewed. Kona Coffee. And Andy Grieg is also listening and helping Dave tweet today. So Andy, if you want to post on Twitter what you're drinking, we'll be glad to read it live on the air. You know what? We're going to take our first break. I think Brad is there ready on my lead. Our topic today is Future of IT Scarcity. 
Will we run out of technology? I can't even imagine that question having the answer yes, but we're going to find out if it's true, if it's coming down the pike, and if it is something to be concerned about. I didn't say scared of. I said something to be concerned about. Our panelists are going to tell us how to approach it. Our panel today is made up of Alan Kranz at TBR, Phil Hassey at Cap EOIT. I like that. I want to tap dance to that. And Jay Ford at SAP. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. In case you didn't know that, you're listening to The Future of Business with Game Changers Radio, presented by SAP Services. Don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. We'll be right back. Bread out. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. The pace of innovation is moving faster than ever, and the future of business will be defined by how quickly business leaders adapt to accelerated ongoing change. Factors as diverse as insights from growing volumes of data, the new global pool of talent, resource scarcity, and business networks and supply chains are shaping the definition of future success. Join our experts as they analyze and discuss how business leaders can shape the future of change. The Future of Business with Game Changers is presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Future of Business with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to The Future of Business with Game Changers. We're back with Alan Kranz at TBR, Phil Hassey at CAPIOIT, and Jay Ford at SAP. We're going to launch now into our roundtable discussion, 30 minutes nonstop. My guests have got their seatbelts on. They promised me that during the during the uh, break. And we're going to start off with Alan Kranz at TBR. We're going to define the word scarce. I like to level set in a conversation like this. We throw it around scarcity. We throw around uh, the question of are we going to run out of the components, the elements, the factors that contribute to what we know is the broad topic of technology, all the resources. We just talk about it, but maybe we don't even know what the word scarce is. So in the context of what we're discussing today, Alan Kranz, would you set the table for us, please? Scarce. What are we looking at when we look at the IT market? Talk to me. Sure. Absolutely. So, you know, kind of when we set this up, I was thinking, you know, what what are we really talking about in terms of what is going to be scarce with, with IT? Because, I think now more than ever, the options available for the ways to deliver, the ways to consume, uh, the the use cases for IT in both business and our personal lives have never been more abundant. And uh, going forward, I, I, I don't think that anything, I don't see any hard-term limitations in terms of the the resources or the prevalence of these multiple options that are going to continue to be there. Uh, but the thing that we see in talking with clients getting more and more scarce, and it almost relates to a lot of other trends going on in society today. You could say looking at uh, tools like uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, there's more ways to connect with more people than ever. 
Uh, but on a personal level, you know, those true relationships are the things that are really becoming, uh, I think, scarce in a lot of ways. And although people are connected, they, they can be more isolated than ever. And I think you're seeing the same thing from an IT perspective that, mm-hmm. yes, there's, there's abundance in terms of the, the infrastructure, the core compute storage uh, networking, but that solutions that really deliver the value that businesses now need to, to justify them, uh, you know, killer use cases, things that change the way that business is done for them, those are the things that I think are scarce today and will continue to be scarce regardless of what happens with the, uh, the, the number, the delivery methods, uh, the types of services that are available. Okay, thank you very much, Alan. Phil Hassey, why don't you chime in here on the definition of scarce? I love the introduction of the term abundance. Thank you for that, Alan. I should have thought of that in my opening. So abundance versus scarcity related to our topic of IT scarcity. Will we run out of technology? What's your thought on the meaning, the definition of scarce? Is it here now? Is it coming? What do you think, Phil Hassey at Capio IT? Well, scarcity uh, has existed throughout human society. And trade has been the element that has connected the haves and the have-nots in terms of scarcity. I have something you want, you have something I need. And trade has enabled that to happen in, in the form of goods for mine or all the way through to you know, basic food. But in this environment, technology environment, where the resource can be more of an intangible, it's information, it's access, that's when the whole dynamic of a traditional trade environment becomes much more complicated. The haves and the have-nots can be much more divided than they've been in the past. I don't have anything to sell to you that you want to buy when I need your information. And that's where scarcity is going to create uh, major issues across society. Uh, Just as we know with water, when the haves and have-nots in water, that can lead to potential conflict. Information, the haves and the have-nots with information is again in the same fashion going to lead to increased uh, conflict between parties because yeah, the, the holders of that information are the ones who, who control all the power and uh, organisations or individuals are the ones who are really going to have to understand how they manage that control of that power and how they either create an open playing field to reduce that scarcity or holding on to that information to enhance their positioning power because of the uh, importance of that, that good and the scarcity outcomes of that. Thank you very much. Jay Ford, let's get you into this conversation. Level set, definition of scarcity from your POV. Sure, and, and I think that um, just to kind of complement some of the points that are made, I mean, um, it's over-demand can, can create, you know, ha- has a lot to do with, with this problem, I think, to where organizations now, they, they want or they feel the need to collect such huge amounts of volume and huge amounts of information that they're, 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 they're sucking up these resources. Now, whether or not they're getting a, a good return for this investment or, or, or this um, that they're creating, I don't know, but certainly they're, they're, they're demanding more and more and more. And I think as they do that, it really starts to, to deplete the infrastructure and the ability to support that. Okay. Anything else you anybody want to add on that point before we move on? Well, I just want to jump in because I I really yeah. liked um, Phil's points around the the gap between the the haves and the haves not mm-hmm. have nots in terms of uh, you, you know IT is very scarce for certain 
segment of the world and the population, and that and that is changing, uh, changing very very rapidly. Um, I think you know it's driving a lot of the um, you know free public Wi-Fi, trying to get you know the hundred dollar laptop. So I think there's been attempts to kind of kind of bridge that gap, but it still certainly exists, and that a lot of the resources are going to um, the developed nations and the the industry, uh, although. You know, as the last um, point came up, the real return on that may or may not be known. Uh, they're really uh, going for as much resource as they can, um, believing that there's a value there. Uh, when in fact, you know, if we really look at an efficient model, uh, it could be a more moderate consumption by the current, um, you know, haves, and then you know, more uptake for the uh, the less developed organizations. Thank you, Alan. Okay. Anybody want to add on to Alan? Yeah, just to colour in on that, Alan, and you know, I, I cover emerging markets in Asia, and you know we see in India with the shift towards micro lending and villages gaining access to a mobile phone from which they have their first interaction with banking or their first mm -hmm. interaction with family through you know, messaging, and that the instantaneous impact of that uh, on their lifestyle. Uh, is, is extraordinary, but it goes down a food chain to create more scarcity for the people that don't have that access. So it's incredible the depth in which uh, this can go into a society, into a community, into an organisation, uh, and the benefits that they can exist. It's, it's never ending, I guess, the point being that there's always another group who will need more access to technology and so on and so forth. That you know, Once we turn the bubbler on, uh, the, the people want the access to the technology uh, to, to lead a life that for them has become so much more complicated, but they have that access to reduce that scarcity to improve their quality of, of life and their societal community quality as well. Very good point. I just want to interject something here. I, I host a couple of cable TV shows here on Long Island, and I had a guest talking about uh, technology and pervasiveness in connecting people. I had a guest call in at 2 in the morning the other night from Cliptown, South Africa, which is a city of have and have not, where on one side of the street, literally, you have multimillionaires living almost in palaces, and on the other side, you have families that have one water pump for so many houses. If one small fire starts in one of these houses... Five to ten houses will literally burn to the ground. And recently, a gentleman there approached, uh, uh, applied to CNN for a grant, a technology grant. And he now has a school that has a computer lab that is teaching over 400 kids how to climb out of that cycle of poverty. And they're learning computer skills and learning to improve their English and becoming, if you will, citizens of the world. So talk about scarcity. They have absolutely nothing, but they've got a beautiful school with modern computers and teachers, and they're teaching them to close that gap just a little bit through technology. Anybody want to comment on that? That's a real use case. It was so impressive to me. Anybody want to comment on that in terms of uh, we're, we're closing that gap of scarcity? Jay or Phil or anybody? Yeah, we, we, I see a lot of that in Asia and other emerging markets like South Africa, and it, it comes to a big role for gender as well. It can level a playing field from a gender point of view. So in India, uh, you know, women who are able to access uh, a form of social interaction and societal engagement through you know, a, a phone being connected in their village gives 
you know, the women who have been excluded from the financial system, the economic system, much greater access to it. It can give people from a different, um, who aren't, aren't the prevailing, uh, you know, tribe that forms the government access. So it's extraordinary. That example you give in Africa, we see regularly throughout parts of um, Asia and African emerging markets, and that, that accessibility to mm-hmm. an individual and a community is just so overwhelmingly um, positive from a technology point of view. It's the, the most beautiful thing that technology can do. Thank you very and, much. And so Alan, wanna, you want to... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to say I want to hit on something because you talked about the social aspect, and I think that's, that's yes. what's really getting interesting is that you know, the, the growth is, is exponential. I mean, it, it used to be that the companies, a retail company, would keep some information about a customer, maybe their address. Now it's every Twitter feed. It's every Facebook page that they post. It's, it's every purchase that they make. So for every single customer, for these huge companies that are trying to scale and go global, they're capturing such volumes of information all the time and, and trying to do it in real time that there's, there, there's no wonder that's creating, creating a, a scarcity gap. Mm-hmm. Alan Kranz, any thoughts before I go in a slightly different direction? Uh, no, I mean, kind of just to close out that, that thought, yeah. I think we're seeing, you know, an, an abundance and, you know, it's almost like the, uh, the uh, SUV's advent for oil consumption in the U.S. It's just, you know, there, there's, there's benefits to it, yes, uh, and it's driving a lot of the demand for these scarce resources when, um, you know, there are much more impactful uses um, that, rec- that, you know, those resources could be going to um, in, in other regions of the world. I think it's, you know, it's not just IT, it's everything, but uh, certainly involved here. Very good. Good good conversation, good discussion. I'm going to move to a talking point from Phil Hassey from Capio IT. We've talked about, we're thinking about the elements of IT scarcity, and the topic today is will we ever run out of technology? I'll, I'll, I hate to say this, but God forbid. Uh, question is, the people to create, the people to run the technology, the people to spread the technology. We're talking about human resources. So let me read a statement from Phil and then let's go in this direction. We might have touched a little bit on it, but I want to focus and hone in on this. You say human resource scarcity is not about raw labor or numbers of people. It's about the ability to connect supply and demand, identify the areas of gaps that can truly transform the distribution of skills. We need long-range term, long-term planning to understand the implications. So in terms of training in terms of, for example, these kids in Cliptown who, who barely have uh, four walls to go home to at night, they're, le- they're becoming part of that human resource capacity. How does this impact the scarcity versus abundance and the closing of that gap of haves and have-nots in terms of f- the future of technology availability going forward? Phil, why don't you start us off on that? Well, I think one of the principal things is the do- democratization of skills. Mm-hmm. Yeah technology becoming easier for an individual to use and an individual in a professional enterprise organization and an individual in a society so that the ability of you know the apple the app to ensure you can do your mobile banking and your mother can do you know my elderly mother can do her mobile banking that that ability to democratize technology to bring technology down the usage of technology down to a broader range of the population is critical and the skills to do that yeah are, are what's in demand yeah the, the skills to develop these applications develop that capability is what is the yeah the the most valued natural resource if you like from a technology point of view 
is the ability, you know, the ability to find the right skills to build the right tools, the right applications that you know, benefit the organisations, whether it's in an altruistic way we've talked about or if it's a retailer mm-hmm. trying to understand every single component of a shopper's uh, demographic and, and buying behaviour. So that's where that, uh, that skills comes into it and uh, looking outside of technology for a lot of those skills. It's not just a technology graduate now who becomes a, a programmer. Uh, you, know, you, you can see uh, children in high school, my um, eldest son in high school, they have a programming course they have to do. By the end of his year mm-hmm. this year, he has to build an app, and he's in uh, year seven of school. And so I think that's another important factor, that, that democratisation of bringing technology to the broadest number of people from a skill development point of view uh, will hopefully overcome some of those scarcity issues. Um, or at least you know, shift the bar forward for the scarcity. Thank you, Phil. Jay, I know you have something to say on this because you told me before the show, because of the shift toward innovation, there's a consistent shift of resource skill set to learn the quote-unquote latest and greatest technology to stay ahead of the curve. Talk to me about that related to what Phil just said, please. Yeah, exactly. And I think that, that Phil brought up a good point because, uh, you know, if you look at the new, the next generation of, of, of IT skill and programmers, they gravitate, you know, towards new innovation, um, new, new types of technology, programming languages. Um, and, I, and I think that that's great. But what that does is it creates a bit of a vacuum for some of those legacy applications that aren't going away. You know, companies can't afford to deprecate them. In fact, they're getting bigger in some um, instances, but they become harder to support because you don't really have the, the, the skill pool out there to be able to the, the know how to support and manage uh, the, uh, um, those, those types of, of older applications. Alan Kranz, you want to chime in on that? All good points on the yep. resource skill sets. Go ahead. So, so, I mean, I think one of the important baseline things with the human resources is that this is the most efficient way to address a scarcity issue. It's not through individuals going out into every every village, and you can only scale that so far. But to be able to code it in software um, so that it both makes it easy to use, makes an efficient use of the underlying resource, um, aligns with the, the different cultures, the, the different ways that uh, people interact together, um, and then mapping that into how IT can help is really, you know, it takes an efficient approach to addressing a scarcity issue. Um, and, you know, I think some of the, some of the skill gaps, that, that is the thing that is most scarce in the world today. It's time both in terms of the skills to develop it, but also if you look at on the, on the demand side, whether it's in an organization or for a person there, skill level and time to be able to really benefit from the technology. Um, so it's scarcity on both sides of the human equation, um, and, and you know, matching those two together is really one of the key elements to um, improving the overall utilization of IT. Thank you, Alan. Jay, I know you have something to say on this. I'm looking at your top three truths. So let's talk about uh, talk about businesses scaling. You say if businesses cannot scale, they can't remain competitive in today's global market. So let's talk more about global markets. But Jay, why don't you introduce us into this part, and then we're going to move along. Yeah, no, I think that, that that that's very true. I mean, and we're, we're seeing that. I mean, companies now with with globalization, they they want to get in all all the new markets. Um, I was talking about APJ. I mean, we're 
it, it was previously that a lot of com- companies in, in, in the West or so were, were scaling into APJ, but now it looks like there's a little bit of a, of a um, renaissance to where some of those APJ customers are actually scaling into into the U.S., and so we're seeing a lot more, a lot broader uh, reach uh, of markets and, and the ability to sell goods, um, and certainly companies demand resources to be able to do that, and if they can't get those resources, then that becomes a bottleneck for them. And one of the things you said here in, in one of your points to me, Jay, very interesting on exactly what you're mentioning, you say competitors may have already dried up the market by contracting with available resources. So who should be the first? How do you know if you're going into a new market if somebody already got there and they took the talent and they took the resources and they took the, I don't know, the wires and the fiber optics and the phone lines and they laid all the cables and they opened up all the streets and there's nothing left? How do you know that? How do you know if the competitors beat you to the punch? Yeah, that, that's a that's a great question. You know, and I know a lot of companies they, they do they do some of that level that, that deeper level analysis as they try to go into new markets and look at what the opportunity is and if they're if they're actually going to be able to capture uh, the market not only from being able to sell their, their their goods and services but also have the infrastructure there to support it, whether it requires data centers or whatever those those resources are. Um, and I, I think it can be quite challenging for for companies as they try to figure out what is really the right path for them to grow and and and, and get into places where other people have not already um, captured that market. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Anybody else want to chime in on that idea of competitiveness, competition, global markets, opening that window of opportunity and seeing if there's anything there? Alan, Phil. Yeah. Well, one thing, um, I guess, again, not being U.S. centric, um, in my outlook is. Uh, an appreciation that when you do enter these markets, the markets are local. You know, Asia is 25 countries, Europe is 50 countries, and I think that's that's an important thing from a competitive understanding. From a you know, going to market, I've seen organisations go into Japan, then go into Korea and think that well, they're next to each other, so they're pretty well much the same market. Yeah, the consumer is smart. The consumer has the information available. The consumer knows what they're being sold. Um, and if it's not something for them and for their specific needs in their market, they don't buy. And that's where that competitive and that understanding of the market just becomes so essential uh, in an in an era of information everywhere. Uh, if if a, if a brand yeah, enters a market and and does so in a slightly uh, off kilter fashion, they will be uh, uh, found out very quickly and you know often named and shamed in social media and in other avenues. Mm-hmm. Named and shamed. I like that. I think we've heard that before. Alan Kranz, anything you want to talk about on this before I move into yet another topic area? Alan? Sure. Um, yeah, so so I agree with the comments. I, I think, um, you know, but I think there is a tremendous amount of value from a development perspective within some of these emerging spaces for um, the, the more developed technologies and companies uh, you know, in order to achieve growth, they have to go to these new these new spaces. It's not going to be a perfect fit for uh, the culture that they're bringing with them, the approach, the business model. Um, but simply, their presence in that market really uh, drives the overall expansion. You know, forces the local players to uh, to adjust their strategies to scale more quickly. I think that was one of the points that came up before that scaling. Any, any business is a requirement, um, and that competitive force is one that um, forces the, the big players to uh, tailor their message a little bit, but also the 
um, the, the more localized providers to uh, think about scale and to really be ready for the um, the expansion that's going to come as the as the markets develop. Thank you, Alan. I want to move in a slightly different direction. Uh, one of the talking points from Alan Kranz, coincidentally. Let's talk about. I have two two things I want to cover in the next. 10 minutes before we go to break. Number one I'm going to do now is the Internet of Things, and I'll read this point from Alan. The second thing will be is the cloud, the silver bullet, which I mentioned in my intro. So let's talk about the Internet of Things and other metering and networking of devices will move forward and drive IT requirements as a result. Is this going to create scarcity, this IoT? Talk to me, Alan, and then let's get Phil and Jay to chime in as well. Go ahead, Alan. Yeah, I mean, I think this is going to be the the next thing that's going to continue to drive scarcity. So for mm-hmm. the um, the mature economies, there's a lot of talk around, um, you know, the the next thing that's going to yes, there's going to be benefits, but um, you know, selfishly for a lot of the providers, they're thinking about the next thing that's going to move the needle on on IT requirements and keep you know what o- overall is a fairly flat market um, continue to to drive new growth in that space and, you know, grow their business as a result. Um, the, you know, in terms of scarcity, it's going to increase the consumption. Uh, you know, there's already been talk about all the Twitter that's being captured, all of the social media. Uh, once, this, once there are more devices out there that are metric metered, uh, analyzed going forward, that is the next thing that's going to, um, you, you know, continue to expand the, the big data issues the big data collection and analysis that uh, we see a large, a lot of large enterprises focused on. Um, so I think it's going to be the thing that sustains scarcity going forward in terms of competition for those resources, even as a lot of the the business cases and the real return on those, um, you, you know, are still being ferreted out with the the early use cases. Interesting. You mentioned the the phrase. I wrote this down and sent it in a note, a text to to Dave Fowler. Sustains scarcity. Is that an oxymoron? Sustaining scarcity. We think of sustainability as the opposite or the antithesis of scarcity. Now we're saying sustaining scarcity. I'm I'm, I'm playing with you, Alan. Um, I want to have Phil and Jay chime in. Internet of Things. Is this going to widen the gap of the haves and the have-nots? Is this going to push scarcity to the edge? Phil, what do you think? Absolutely. Um, from an enterprise point of view, if I have information, if the more information I have um, is one thing, and if I've got sensors on my machinery, if I'm a miner who's got sensors on the equipment and I can do predictive maintenance, it's there's two aspects to it. One, there's the ability to harness the information, but the other side, which is even more important, is the ability to do something with that information. And so the Internet of Things is fantastic in terms of data gathering, but it's worthless if you don't do the analysis and you don't understand what that means for your business, for your process, for your competitive environment. And that's where the Internet of Things will be truly powerful and truly, I believe, differentiate is those organisations who can capture the information uh, are halfway there, but the organisations who can actually do something with that information and produce better outcomes for their, their business or their government, uh, they're the ones who will be the real winners and create that scarcity and that ability to differentiate and, and leapfrog their competition or increase the level of service they provide to their, their constituents if it's a government agency. Well put. Thank you, Phil. And Jay Ford, what do you think? IoT. 
Yeah, and I, I completely ag- agree with that point. I, I mean, we're, we're seeing such a push uh, towards, you know, this whole concept of big data, which, you know, a lot of people are still trying to figure out what that means. And, you know, from my perspective, it's really not about big data. It's about, you know, having relative data or, or an intelligent data that you can make better decisions, business decisions on. Um, and so companies are really going to have to evaluate if, if, the, if what they're gathering in huge volume is a lot of noise or if, it, if it's really relative to how they're going to drive their business. Okay, thank you. I would like to move to the question of, is cloud the silver bullet in our topic today, which is the future of IT scarcity? Will we run out of technology? By the way, a point on our topic, future of IT scarcity is basically making the statement, drawing the line in the sand, if you will, that it exists now, and we're talking about the future of it. I think that's the way Dave wanted to position it. So we, we must have some level of scarcity already. Will we run out of technology? Is cloud the silver bullet? Is this going to solve all of our problems. Cloud to the rescue. We have a couple of minutes each. We're going to go to break in about, oh, six minutes. So a couple of minutes each. Alan Kranz, why don't you address the cloud? What sure. is it going to do for scarcity? So, so I think uh, the cloud is something that will both uh, sustain or drive scarcity, but also um, in some ways address it as well. Similar to, to big data with, with cloud resources, it's easier than ever to apply an IT solution to any type of uh, you know business issue, personal um, personal use case. So in a lot of ways, it's driving uh, use of uh, technology in ways that it would not have been uh, applied before. So it's actually you know it's more accessible than ever. Uh, it drives consumption at, at lower prices and lower barriers to entry. Um, but on the flip side of that, from an efficiency perspective, in making the the uh, best use of the available resources, um, decreasing overall consumption when you look at providing resources that go across companies. Um, you know, it, I, th- I think it's something that's going to help offset some of the increases that we're seeing in terms of how technology is used um, in both business and, and personal lives. Um, but I think the net effective is, is not going to be enough. It's not going to be the sil- silver bullet that Mm-hmm. solves the uh, the scarcity equation for IT going forward, um, you know, but it, it helped to some degree. Okay, good point. Phil Hassey, Capio IT. Thoughts on cloud? I know you have some. Uh, absolutely. Cloud is incredibly important, but similar to the other discussion about big data, it's how you use that information. Yeah, it's how you use the benefits, mm-hmm. the agility, the fast fail, the speed to change. They're the things that are important. And understanding the change management. You know, one of the big challenges that organisations have had with their cloud investments is they've just plug and played. They've swiped their credit card and thought that all their problems will be solved overnight. It's a participant in that approach to solving those problems, but without change management, without integration, without a roadmap, then it's just a short-term tool. So uh, it is part of the, uh, you know, the silver bullet for the future for scarcity and for efficient IT management and organisational management, but not if it's just considered the only solution. Okay, and we're going to talk to you about your predictions coming up after the break, as well as with Alan and with Jay. Jay Ford, what do you think? Cloud, is it going to solve the problems? Is it a future silver bullet, or is it one at all? What do you see? Well, and and, and I agree with with some of the comments. I think that it's going to it'll help. I mean, certainly, customers will have the ability to subsidize and and, and lower 
the, the the cost of management. It, it's kind of interesting to me. We, we've got someone on the phone from from Australia, and I was two years in in Sydney, and I remember when my manager was saying, you know, it's an emergency. It's an emergency pass, which in rugby terms means you're getting ready to get clobbered, so you just pass the ball to someone else. And a lot of <laughs> in a lot of ways, that's what customers are doing. They know that they have hit some thresholds and, and their ability to manage and, and, and maintain their systems. And so they're trying to hand that off to, to become someone else's problem, which makes sense for them. But I think that that doesn't necessarily make the problem go away, um, but it, it, it just helps kind of move things around and, and, and make it easier to manage for, for these corporations. Okay. So in terms of scarcity, are they offsetting or are they put, pushing off to the future, the fact that they don't have the resources to support whatever technology they need, or is it a good solution? Is it a long-term solution, the cloud? Yeah, well, and, you know, and one, po- one point on that, I mean, we, we've still, you've still got to maintain a data center. These data centers, are there, there's um, a lot of different regions and, and market units and, and, co- and countries. I mean, they've got concerns about, you know, if, 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 I, if I'm in, in Brazil and the data center for a cloud is sitting somewhere over in the U.S. or, or overseas, I mean, is that, does that make sense to them? So um, there's, there's still quite a, a, um, a buildup that's going, to be, that's going to be necessary, I think, before cloud becomes uh, sustainable enough to be able to meet the, the demands of a lot of companies that are trying to grow and scale. So that, that's part of it as well. And, of course, that, that contributes to the problem of taking IT resources. Okay. Anybody else want to round that out before I go to break? I have another minute or so I can give you. Alan or Phil, any comments on what Jay just said or each other? I'm open. Yeah, I, I really like that emergency pass. I'm, I'm going to use that mm-hmm. going forward. Uh, it's almost, I mean, it's almost like the shift in just-in-time manufacturing. The, the issues of inventory uh, still exist. It's simply shifting it up the supply chain uh, so that it's someone else's problem, not yours. But in all the you know, it is still a continuum in terms of being on the same team, being part of the the same business model. Um, so I think the impacts will be felt, um, and they'll trickle down to customers uh, eventually. So it certainly doesn't make them go away. Okay. Phil Hassey, anything before we go? Um, I agree. And having given and taken too many hospital or emergency passes in my life, football and mm-hmm. professionally, I, uh, I, you know, it's a great analogy, and it's, it's, you, know, you can't delay problems. Yeah, this this isn't you know the silver medicine. It, it, it's got to be part of an overall change approach and investment in the organisation. Any any consideration of a standalone approach is destined to fail. Thank you, Jay. May I mention the book? I found out you're an author, and I saw about your book on Amazon. Can I mention that, or would you rather I not? Oh no, please. Yeah, okay, Jay is the author of a very interesting book titled Run Your Body Like a Business. His book builds on the premise that we are each the CEO of our own company, the company of our body and its health. I was just thinking when Phil mentioned on too many passes to go to the hospital from football, I was thinking you might want to take a pass and you might want to look and read Jay Ford's book, Run Your Body Like a Business. I think it's very, very appropriate for our panel today. Guess what, guys? I'm going to go to break. We're going to take a break for about 90 seconds, let you each regroup. We've had a really great roundtable segment, a lot of lively conversation, very good points. I think we've been all over the map, literally and figuratively, if I may say that. You're listening to Future of Business with Game Changers Radio, presented by SAP Services. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Our topic today is the future of IT scarcity. Will we run out of technology? 
I'm not so sure we will. You have to listen carefully to everything, all the words of wisdom from my guests. When we come back, we're going to fast forward to the real future, which will be either 2019 or 2020, which we all like to say is hindsight 2020. And I'm going to ask my guests, Alan Kranz at TBR, Phil Hassey at CAPIOIT. There, I can pronounce it very well now, Phil, and Jay Ford at SAP. If we met again in five years or six years, what would you be saying about what we're now calling the future of IT scarcity? Will we have it? Will it even be a point of discussion by then? We're going to go right to break. Don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. Brad out. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. The pace of innovation is moving faster than ever, and the future of business will be defined by how quickly business leaders adapt to accelerated ongoing change. Factors as diverse as insights from growing volumes of data, the new global pool of talent, resource scarcity, and business networks and supply chains are shaping the definition of future success. Join our experts as they analyze and discuss how business leaders can shape the future of change. The Future of Business with Game Changers is presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Future of Business with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to The Future of Business with Game Changers. Our topic is future of IT scarcity. Will we run out of technology? That's a scary thought. Probably not, but it's going to take some planning, some thinking, some strategizing by smart people like my panel today. We're going to kick off the predictions round. We call it the crystal ball. So Alan Kranz at TBR. By the way, let's do a shout out to your colleague, Elizabeth Hestrom Henlon, who I know is listening and tweeting and and helps us put these shows together when we have TBR on board. So thank you, Elizabeth. Uh, Alan once you take about two minutes, let's look into the real future, which could be the 2019, or I'll give you a, a pass up to 2020 hindsight, no pun intended, and talk to me. What will we be talking about in terms of IT scarcity? Will it come to fruition, or will it be just, ah, could we really have talked about that in 2014? What do you think? Yeah, so, so I, th- I think when we regroup in, in 2019 or 2020, the thing that we'll realize over the past five years is that Scarcity is not something that has gone away, uh, but it's something that has driven a change in consumption for how IT is used. And, and, and when, I, when I say that, there's a couple things that come to mind. First, mm-hmm. it's going to be less about the accumulation of things, assets, tools. Uh, it's going to be more about really investing in the things that make a difference for the overall business, drive a positive return that can be measured, um, and that that's going to take place across a variety of different delivery models. Um, so I think one of the things, it's not a silver bullet, but uh, this concept of a hybrid cloud environment where it can be integrated, uh, you can put the, the resources that are lower 
value out into a lower cost environment. You can keep the things that are higher value on your own resources, things that uh, have better performance, um, you know, just overall better quality of, of service. And so it's really going to be a blending. It's almost like what we all do in our personal lives. For things that we don't care about, it's about going to the lowest cost provider. For the things that we really value and want to um, invest in, you know, we look for something that's local or something that really has a meaning and something that delivers a return for ourselves. So I think the thing that's going to change with scarcity is going to be a much more uh, deliberate, intelligent consumption of IT uh, because the abundance is going to continue to be there, but really a lot of it's going to be noise. It, it really has to map back to what you're trying to achieve um, and then compiling the right solution from there. Great perspective. Thank you, Alan Kranz at TBR. Let's turn to Phil Hasse at Capio IT. Phil, two minutes. What do you see coming down the pike or looking backwards over your shoulder from 2019 or 2020? What do you think will have transpired on IT scarcity in the intervening years? I hope in the you know, five, six years' time, we're not talking about it as an IT issue. Mm. It's a business issue. It's an organisational issue. And IT is just one component of that. So the whole as-a-service economy, I expect we're going to see you know, healthcare as a service. We're going to see education, apparel, you know, car leasing instead of having a three-year lease for your, you know, your Chevrolet or your Ford and having the same car for three years. You know, I need in the next six months a um, SUV because I'm, you know, it's winter time, and then in the summertime I need a convertible because you know, I'm a cool man in the city. <laughs> and the ability, the flexibility of business process and business systems to enable that, that's where I believe we will be at in five or six years. We're seeing it in a range of industries. We're seeing it in apparel. We're seeing it in healthcare. And I, I hope and passionately believe that it's not going to be a technology scarcity issue but a business process scarcity issue or a societal scarcity issue. And technology plays its role as an enabler of that and a key component of that, but not being pulled out as anything exceptional. It's, it's, it's the way you bring in the business processes. It's the way you bring in your supply chain. It's the way you bring in your, um, your marketing, your data, your information, and pull that together to provide a, uh, a capability and a service for your customers or for your stakeholders. That means that that uh, technology is just enabling that change to happen. And that's where I believe the scarcity may become a slightly broader issue in terms of the haves and the have-nots. It's those who can integrate versus those who look at things as a standalone solution, if you like, of technology it just being a technology issue. Thank you very much, Phil. Great points. And, Jay, four, you can have two minutes also. We saved good time for you. So go ahead. Predictions, please. Yeah, thank you. And I think there's such great points. And, and just mm-hmm. to build off of that, I, I, you know, and I think I agree we're going to see pockets of, of, of scarcity. Um, I think that the companies that will do well will be the ones that, that learn how to focus really on what is relevant for them to run their business. Uh, and not not be the companies that, that that are trying to capture everything for for and and end up you know having to com- compete for commodity skills and services and and they really know how to kind of pinpoint what it is that they need to be successful and are able to to to, to focus on that and that way they're not they're not kind of caught up wor- worrying about the, the scarcity issue because they're 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 not a victim of it as much uh, because of because of that focus. 
Um, okay. And I think that, yeah. you know, companies, yes. Oh, no, keep going, please. Um, and, and I think, you know, things that companies can do is streamlining their technology and getting rid of, rid of some of those old, some of those, layer, some of, those layers of, uh, of complexity that are going to be hard to support moving forward. Um, you know, that, that, that will help them not have to try to manage and, 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 and find resources to, 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 uh, to, to help them with those, with those different systems. Um, and, and maybe in, in cloud might be the solution, but maybe it, it starts to look more like a hybrid for some companies to where they're doing quite a bit of some stuff on, in cloud, but yet they've got their own data centers and, and that, they're, that they're leveraging as well, and they just really find the right blend uh, that helps them have the scale model that they're going to need to grow. Thank you very much, Jay Ford. I have a bonus question. Ten seconds, yes or no answer from each of my panelists. I know you didn't see this one coming. Who will be the ones to worry right now about – oh, I have one minute. Quickly. Who will be the ones to worry right now about this IT scarcity? Will it be the millennials, the net geners, as they call themselves, or older generations? Quickly, Alan Trans, yes or no on millennials? I, Alan Trans. Yes. Yes, okay. Phil Hasse, yes or no, should millennials be worried? No. No. Okay, Jay Ford. Millennials, should they be concerned? I think. I think. I think yes. Okay, we have two yeses and a no. Interesting. Guess what? It's time for my predictions, and I'm going to have to speed talk through them today. 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. We are closing out our series called Startup Focus with Game Changers, revisiting a very important topic, startups selling to the enterprise. What does it take to get out of the gate, starting gate, and go talk to the big kids? Aha! Very important question. Great panel, including Chris Carter from Aprio. Again, welcome back, Chris. Uh, We start our cycle all over again on Monday with Financial Excellence with Game Changers. That's 10 a.m. Pacific. Tuesday, well, it's not Belgium. It's HR Trends with Game Changers. Tuesday's 9 a.m. Pacific. Wednesday, we're back with Coffee Break with Game Changers at 8 a.m. Pacific. Yes, it keeps getting earlier and earlier. And next Thursday, we'll be back with another edition of Future of Business with Game Changers live at 7 a.m. Pacific. Wow. A lot of shows going on, a lot of great panels like the one today. Thank you so much to Alan Kranz at TBR. Wonderful to have you back. Phil Hasse at Capio IT. Lovely to meet you, and thanks for your great words of wisdom, as well as Jay Ford, our author and SAP person today on the panel. Jay, thanks so much for calling in from Germany. And I have shout-outs, of course, to Dave Fowler at SAP Services, Andy Grieg helping, helping Dave tweet today, Elizabeth Hedstrom Henlam at TBR, our friend, and Malcolm Kimberlin at SAP. And, of course, Brad and the Business Channel team at World Talk Radio. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Signing off until later today when I bring you Startup Focus with Game Changers. Have a great one. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to The Future of Business with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. And please join host Bonnie D. Graham again next Thursday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 